Welcome to Dice and Suffering, home of more chaos than we have dice. And we have a lot of dice. Dice and Suffering presents The Black Lotus Gambit Episode 1 Humble Beginnings Greetings, mortals! I bid you welcome to Dice and Suffering. <laughs> yes, that's the intro now. It's funny, damn it. Ah! <laughs> uh, ow, my ears. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not Dungeons and Junkies. Though it is the same people, because I can't get rid of them. Like a really gross parasite. Thanks for that, Chad. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> For a bit of context, we we normally play D&D over on Visionaries Global Media. And as a spin-off, my campaign has always been over here, on Mind Games. But I I like more than just D&D, I know, madness. And I've been wanting to try some other games, so I thought, hey, why not why not start running different games with the same people and the same level of chaos? that will come from this, I already can tell. But why not? Why not try something new? And since we kept nicknaming all our sessions as Dice and Suffering in general, that's the name now. That's the brand. Who needs branding when you could just suffer? And that's branding. But we're going to start with one still a fairly popular TTRPG, but more crime. More crime. We're going to play Blades in the Dark. Obviously, we will try some other games. I know I've piqued their interest with Ten Candles. If you've looked at the weird logo things I've drawn up, there's stuff hinting at Call of Cthulhu, Vampire the Masquerade. Could be any. It's madness. But we're starting with Blades. Because we all want to be dirty, dirty crime boys. That's the canon name. <laughs> Maybe that's why I should call the campaign Dirty, Dirty Crime Boys. <laughs> To explain the world we're in, and Blades is a tabletop game in which you are each members of a criminal gang in the underworld of a city, which I've called Osalus because I I already have a place called <laughs> I already have a place called Doskhol, so it'll get confusing. And it is a city surrounded by honestly basically an electric fence really but it's electric towers built to keep ghosts from overrunning the place because every time someone dies their spirit is released from their body and instead of like passing on to the afterlife they linger and kill people and cause chaos and you know that's bad so in the city of Asalus everyone's trying to keep that's the focus, it's trying to protect what's left of the city, because outside of the city walls, yes, there are a couple other small cities, but it's mostly wastelands, covered and hunted through by leviathans, which are these massive monstrosities that none of you have seen in person. But they tear apart ships, they consume everything that comes in their path. Like, even looking out over the electric barriers, you can just see... It's essentially just black sand, as far as the eye can see. Because they've just 
torn everything to shreds and it's just kind of melted into like a layer of ash. You know, don't go outside. That's bad. You're but, saying yeah. don't go into the waste? But um, <laughs> I'll be here all week, folks. The problem with being a city that's enclosed by these barriers and, you know, a limited power supply is that that tends to create a power struggle. And it tends to create an atmosphere of crime. Which is why we are dirty, dirty crime boys. The gangs run everything here. Yes, there is the official, like, Council of Seven. There are the city guards and everything, but... Basically, if you live anywhere, there's at least two gangs that have ownership of your, of that turf. You have to pay protection fees. You have to, if you want to start a business, you give part of your earnings to the gang that owns the area. Basically, crime rules deal with it. And for whatever reason, you four have decided you want to do some dirty, dirty crimes. So, what I will do is, let me explain. Osalis is remarkably quiet at night. You know, apart from the occasional screams of the damned. And the sounds of the leviathan ships coming in and out. But you have all been invited to the docks. On a very, it's a very gloomy night. There's kind of, there's not really the sun. It's been blocked out by decades of pollution. So it's just kind of an ominous smog. And the bells have tolled. It is the second bell of the fourth day. So we don't have seven days in a week, we have five. But it's still a 24-hour system. So you've come at 2am on the fourth day to the dockyards to find an outdated, mostly decomposing <laughs> Leviathan bloodhunter ship which is fallen into a lot of disuse, but it used to be quite the, as much as famous as ships can be. It was a big deal when it first went out, and it pulled off a lot of impressive missions further out into the wastelands. That, you know, gave it its respect, but it means that what remains of it haven't really been taken down yet an artifact. Well, you all received a note perfectly placed into the loaf of bread you were eating. As in, you pulled you pulled it open, you cut it open, you, I don't know, delicately sliced it. I don't know what you lot do. And there was a note inside telling you to come to the Gorgon on the second bell of the fourth day, alone with a blade, to receive payment and to start a job. It then crumpled into ashes and blew away on the wind. And for whatever reason, you decided to turn up. I'm going to go in order, kind of. I'm going to say the first to show up is Chad's character. Who are you, sir? Uh, you see walking into the dockyard, uh, taking very big notice of the ship, as I would clearly know the tales of the Bloodhunter ship and all of its exploits. 
uh, wearing a black turtleneck, a long dark coat, uh, high black shiny boots, uh, close cut, uh, silvered hair, buzz cut. Uh, You see Crowley Strixhaven walk into the Hound, a retired, retired military man. As Crowley approaches, he notices there's just a table. Simple wooden table set out next to it, and on it are four coins. You recognize them as, for reference, the way you earn money here is the equivalent of gold is coin. One coin is more than a servant will earn in a year, really. If you have, like, two to three coin, you can live a fairly comfortable life. So the idea of walking in and there being four coin on a table is curious, to say the least. Yeah, Crowley would see the table and the coin and probably, I wouldn't approach the table, he would more post up near, trying to find a spot to just kind of stand and wait to see what was going to happen while staying quite alert in the classic military pose with his hands behind his back and just kind of standing at attention. Next to arrive, just, just kind of as the bell sound fades, is Scary's character, who's on time, goddammit. Always on time. Um, you see walking along a woman. She's not particularly tall, but I suppose potentially she could stand out with the peroxide blonde hair in quite big curls and immaculate makeup. She's wearing a long ruby red dress and a black shawl over the top and shoes that go click, click when she walks. And she's going to keep to the shadows as she approaches the table, just waiting. On high alert, I assume Crowley notices this. He 100% clocks the red dress lady in the middle of the night who stands out like a sore thumb in this situation. But with his training and everything like that, he's he probably wouldn't actually react or anything at this moment. Like, unless they address him, he's kind of just going to stand there in tension, like, make eye contact, but then kind of just go back to staring at these coins. She will sort of give him a sideways look, but then go back to standing there. Speaking of ladies, Alex. Okay, so sort of coming in from the shadows of the docks is a young woman, olive skin, brown hair, brown eyes, big scar along the side of her face. She has the usual kit that you would see on a thief. Dagger in this corner, some bot picks and some other tools. Uh, what else? Do you see to describe her? 
badass about it. Just has some tattoos, most noticeably along her neck. You see, like, some wings and some tattoos on the edge of her shoulders, which start to go down her arm, but is then is covered by the sleeve of the clothes she is wearing. So as they walk in to see these other two people, well, I'm guessing I'm not the only one. We got some notes. As you say this, a rather unlikely addition basically strolls in. Matt. In walks um, a, a man, uh, maybe about five, five, eight, five, nine tall, uh, in a very, a very smart suit and tie combination, like, like a like a, a le- not a, like a navy blue suit, with like a red tie, and he's got an overcoat, um, so like almost floor length, uh, walking with got a half cape almost on the back of his of of the overcoat. And wearing a tricorn hat. And your name is? Uh, as Professor Blake Marshall walks into the into the dockyard, um, looking a little bit perplexed as to there being more people here. Hmm. So which one of you sent me a note then? Sir, I did not send any notes. I assumed you must be the benefactor with your fancy dress. Oh, if only that was, if only it were true, but I need coin. Um, and so I was, thankfully, this seems to be paying well. I can see uh, the coins there, they're mine, I'm guessing. Crowley hasn't actually, like, kind of looks back away from, like, in that military way where. I was talking to him for a moment, but now I just look back straight ahead. Coins are not yours, and we apparently still await whomever sent us this note. And with this, I will look at the tattooed, who I clearly clocked as a thief. So don't touch them until we have found out what is going on here. Retake my attentive pose. Emerging, it takes about five minutes, and you all kind of awkwardly stare at each other <laughs> and at the money and like your surroundings, like, uh. But you hear kind of the sound of, I describe it as wood hitting metal. And you realize there's a slight gap in. It's clearly where a door used to be to enter the Gorgon. This massive wreck of a Leviathan ship. And emerging from it is some kind of sailor with a cane, a wooden cane. With It's got like a fairly sharp edge, but at the moment he's kind of got a cap on it such that he can use it to support his weight. He's wearing fairly standard sailor outfit, though it's a lot more grey than it is white. From all the ash in the air. He's missing an eye. His nose is like 
bent in that way of it's been broken so many times it doesn't know how to set itself again. He's got dark brown skin. His remaining eye is... It's a, it's a, it's a light blue. And his... He's got like a number two cut on his hair. And he kind of glances up. Looks and like hops onto the dock. Because there is a small gap. And he is remarkably agile despite the cane. Though you do see the wince as he makes contact. And kind of clocks all four of you. Even though... Riley, you are kind of trying to lurk, and Mariella's kept fairly quiet, but he clocks all four of you. Kind of looks at the untouched coin on the table. And kind of goes, you guys alright? Alright. Well, you ain't, you ain't touched the money. Which one of us is this for? One each. For you, there's four coins. Do the math. I hope that does make some sense. Thought you were supposed to be the academic. I've assumed that I was the only one we offered this job. When it didn't say anyone was going to be anyone, I got a note. Yeah, but the note wasn't addressed to you. It was a very generic note I sent. This is true. I had naturally assumed should be doing that as much, I guess. Excuse me, sir. Who are you? I'm Hoxley. I'm the first mate on the Broken Spear. The Broken Spear is one of the two biggest Leviathan hunter ships that is active right now. They take it in turns going out, so at the moment the Broken Spear is docked. Whilst the Twisted Arrow is out. And they'll switch as time goes on. Well, sir. I ask then, to what cause are you offering us this coin? This is more coin than most men, women, or children will see in their entire existence. I took a gamble inviting you all here, I will admit that. But, I i mean, honestly, I needed to take a gamble. I have a business opportunity. And through my contacts, you four seem to be fairly competent at what it is you do. And together you could you could make a formidable group, as it were. And you have no ties to the existing system. Which does make upturning a lot of it a lot easier. I won't deny I do need the cat I do need the coin. The job I've got isn't paying me as much as I, as I need, really. Start my Academics own don't really earn much, do they? No, we don't. 
let, let me put it this way. How many of you are familiar with Black Lotus? Any of you who have ever visited a drug den in Asalas will be familiar with Black Lotus. It is a powerful aphrodisiac distilled from the combination of a flower that grows in the wastelands and leviathan blood. It's highly addictive. It's basically ten times worse than heroin. And the vice markets that go for it are some of the most profitable things in the city. Because once you're hooked, you're basically hooked for life. And withdrawal symptoms just kill you. You can last two weeks, roughly, without a hit of Black Lotus. Before it kills you. Right, right. Super heroine. Got it, got Super it. Super heroine. <laughs> Shittest superhero ever. <sighs> I ran a Black Lotus ring for a while. Some of the best money I've earned in a while. But... Well, the whole situation in Crow's Foot has kind of fucked my supply line. Riley, you are very familiar with the situation in Crow's Foot. Basically, there's a gang war going on right now. Because the Crow's leader, Rorik, was murdered. They say by his second-in-command. But it means that the Lamblacks and the Red Sashes are the two biggest gangs in that area were previously held to a peace, as it were, thanks to the Crows. They basically had blackmail material over, the, over both groups and held them apart. But as the Crows fell... So did the peace treaty, and now the blood flows in the streets. Anyone, any group working for the Lamp Blacks gets murdered by the Red Sashes, and vice versa. It is a bloody gang war that no one really knows how to fix now that Rorik is dead. Especially because they think Lysa did it. And she's She's not openly denying it, which, you know, isn't helpful. And Hoxley kind of, he's, he twirls, he kind of twirls his cane when he's thinking, which, you know, is kind of dangerous if it didn't have the cap on it, it'd probably take one of your eyes out. Maybe that's how he lost his eye, who knows? I mean, I know, but, you know. Fuck off, though. Look, when Rorik was a mate, and when he died, we're kind of in a clusterfuck now. But, this does put, with, no, how do I phrase this? This shit is dangerous. Because if you set up a drug group, you can set it up for the Lamp Blacks, and the Red Sashes will try and kill you. You can set it up for the Red Sashes, 
that black will try and kill you. Or we can try and set up our own one, but that'll get the hive on our asses. It is not... The chances of you probably dying in this are quite high. But the coin to be made would set you up the rest of your lives. And your loved ones. And considering you were all willing to come to the docks at 2am by yourselves, because you weren't aware I'd invited other people, means that potentially I made the right call in reaching out to you. You're free to walk away right now. I won't follow you. And you can carry on with, I don't know, what you lot do. Staring at walls or something. Or we can take a step. And you will get a cut. Discuss. He kind of leans on his cane in that cocky smug way. I still need the money. And I do have a, 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 a certain set of skills which may help. We. After you, so I apologize. Oh no, I was just going to make fun of you. I was going to say, I'm sorry, Liam. I didn't I didn't catch your. Is that your middle name? Liam? Neeson? There's no inspiration in this, but that was good. I only just realized what I said. <laughs> Marshall. Professor Blake Marshall. And you would be? Crowley. 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 Call me Crowley. Fine name. Fine name. And good lady? Which one? There's two ladies here. Uh, I, I look over to the one in the bright red ruby dress. <laughs> yeah, I'm look, yeah. Looking look, look towards uh, Mariel, yeah. Mariella Ruby, pleased to make your acquaintance. May I say that is a stunning ensemble? Why, thank you. Absolutely uh, fantastic. And I'm going to look at Riley. And you are sorry? Riley. Rather quiet, aren't you? Just. Just thinking, that's all. Oh, okay. You have all the tattoos. No shit, I have tussies. No. Oh, she does have a tongue. And she bites. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just purely trying to make conversation. How many do you have? Your tie looks a little loose. Oh. <clears throat> Sorry. No, look, the money... It's risky. But the money's good. Do with some money, really. I've never been involved in any kind of anything like this before. This is, I desperately need the money to 
making his meat. It shows. You're an academic. I'm sure you'll pick this up quickly enough. I dare say I can. I'm just... I'm very, very much aware that this is new territory for me. And, uh... I may need some guidance in areas if... As Blake looks at Riley. Oh, my dear professor, as it were. This is a first time for everything. Yes, but... One, the first time with Black Lotus, by all accounts, uh, you ain't gonna come off of it. Well, no, of course. So I'll skip that first time, if that's all the same with you, my dear. Um, but... I ain't suggesting you take the product, I'm saying sell it. I'm just saying that's first time for everything. That one first, I won't be doing it, all I'm saying. We could certainly sell. I could certainly sell it. I mean, I've, I've said, I don't think I'm in a person to sell it necessarily. Um, maybe someone more like indicating Riley. You really have a little understanding of how the underworld works, don't you? Well, I don't look like a criminal, do I? What I does mean... a criminal look like, Professor? Again, Blake indicates Riley. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> I. You get just looks that could kill you if you <laughs> look for too long, Jeez, Professor. Can we not kill each other before we've even started the business, please, <laughs> Professor. The way you sell black lotus, the way you sell any kind of vice in Azalas, you set up a drug den or a vice den, and they come to you. You give the product, but they come to you. It allows you to set up a central location that you can guard, that you can monitor for if any of the other gangs get any ideas. Which is why I do have a slightly, slightly in disrepair property right next door to an empty warehouse that, you know, could be used as a vice den. Not like I've been planning this for a while or anything. You'd have to repair some of the house, but if you're struggling to make end meat that much, it's somewhere to stay at least. That could be useful. Obviously, there is the question of if you're doing this, who are you having supply you? Regardless of who you pick, you're going to piss off someone. I am... Um, I defer to uh, my comrades here. I, I'm not sure what who we go to for this stuff. Whoever we pick, we're going to piss off someone, so... It's not exactly the most knowledge, Riley. Easy. You would know that you can't go to the crows right now because they're kind of in fucking disarray. <laughs> if you go to the crows, you'd be backing Lysa and potentially pissing off everyone who liked, well, who 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 did okay, who liked Rorik because she's accused of Rorik's murder right now. 
So you could potentially piss off three gangs, but it would make you independent. So a higher cut. You could go with the red sash. They are... They are an infamous group that originally were just sword... They trained in the art of sword fighting. That's who they were. They still train their people to fight. But they are a very closed rank group. So you'd need an in for that. And you'd need to prove yourself to them. Which... Is possible, but, you know, some of you have quite noodle arms. You could go with the Lamp Blacks. They are formerly a Lamplighters Guild. But everything's kind of run on electricity nowadays, so... They've moved into, you know, crime. <laughs> and their leader, Baz, is a good lad. He's an older gentleman who's been in charge for a long time for a reason. So if he's on your good side, could work out well for you in terms of protection. But if you wrong him in any way, oh boy. Or you could go to the Hive. They are the Merchant's Guild. They, anything that comes in and out of this city, they control, really. So, if you want to do a direct line of communication, you'd have to find someone in the Hive who doesn't mind turning a blind eye to the highly illegal Black Locust trade. Because if one of their... one of their more legally... one of their more anal people would shut you down faster than you could blink. Those are kind of your options. Okay, just because that is a lot of options <laughs> for the sake of saving a bit of time. I basically give the basis yeah. of that. Basically, basically Hoxley and Riley give an explanation going, you can go alone, but you'd have to go through the hive. You can go with the Lamp Blacks, with Baz, but you'll piss off the Red Sashes. You can go with the Red Sashes, but you'll probably have to fight someone to win their loyalty and piss off the Lamp Blacks. Or you can go alone and piss off everyone. <laughs> I know, being a part of the military, Crowley would look at all of you, and in in my experience, uh, protection is good, but having a direct line to either guns or bullets or food or any kind of product is always the best method. And though it seems to be the most dangerous option, I would say to try and go on our own would be the most wise. I do not wish to throw my hat, as some would say, in league with either of those two gangs and get involved in their blood war over whatever is going on in your crow's feet area. Interesting take. Good lady, what's your thought? I see a lot of sense in what... Crowley, was it? Yes, ma'am. 
Yes, and what Crowley was saying. And yourself, Professor. It, I've got to admit, having supplies to stuff on a regular basis would be useful. And although I have to say, having a higher cut would, would give us more coin. We do need coin. If you have more coin, surely you can achieve more. But coin isn't always the answer to everyone's problem. No, but it certainly helps. I like you. You see, Mariella isn't Damien, so I'm not going to go, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) We all know she's thinking it. You can see just like the tiniest smirk every time she says Professor. (laughs) She thinks it's amusing. have to be unanimous though so I will happily go for the group's decision but if I was to be asked individually I think we should go with somebody so you want to get the hive on side and set it up yourself essentially I would say yes in return for them in return for them looking the other way as it were they will demand a cut obviously but this does mean you aren't paying any protection rackets and you are essentially neutral in the war in Crowsfoot but unfortunately that is where we have to set up so because that is where the poorest population is and also, if you go anywhere else, you have to deal with the nobles and their hoodlums. So... He kind of rummages around. He's wearing like a fairly light jacket on top of his sailor's uniform. So it is a bit nippy. He kind of rummages around on it and pulls out an old notebook that he has. He kind of flicks through and he's like, the hive, the hive, the hive. Okay. Potential in is Jera. Well, through Jera, because Jera is the leader of the hive. She runs everything. Her focus is very much on the war in Crowsfoot right now. Because, you know, people think. a few rumours that she might have been in a romantic relationship with Rory. So she's quite keen to avenge his death. And well, Karth, her, he's not really a second in command, he's kind of a mercenary more than anything. Has been left in charge of a lot of the supply routes. So if we can get Karth on side whilst whilst Jehar is distracted we can kind of be put we can make sure we're off the books and if Jeha's eyes ever turn our way potentially we can remove her and install Karth 
But obviously that's a long-term plan, rather than an immediate one. What I suggest is... I can easily get us a meeting. I can get us a meeting with Carl. That's fine. But he's probably going to want us to get some information. About... Jeha. Which does mean you're going to have to probably... You're probably going to have to infiltrate one of the Hive's warehouses. And as much as clearly Riley here is fairly good at stealing... No offence, love. But... I'm obviously not coming with you. I can't be subtle with this goddamn kitten. You're going to have to get in and get some information, which may involve convincing people to help you. If this is the plan you want to go for. Meet me. Meet me in Brightstone. By the Channel Bridge. At the midday bell. Tomorrow. Well, today, technically. <laughs> I'll bring car. And we can make a plan. If you don't turn up tomorrow, I'll assume you're not interested. And if you're not interested, and you spill the beans on our plan to the hive, I will feed you to a leviathan. Capiche? Oh jeez. Us? Sir? Mm-hmm. He kind of nods respectfully at the sir, because navy guy, come on. <laughs> Remember to take your coin with you. And he kind of he walks back in. He hops back into the gorgon, kind of whistling to himself. As you just hear the cane kind of peter away, and you are left. It's about it's nearly third bell now, and you're all just kind of awkwardly looking at each other. Well, I suppose I shall be seeing you all then. And I will take my coin and go, because there's clearly no much more point in waiting. Yeet. Mariella's a busy woman, she doesn't have all day. This is Yeah, between now and when you meet up in Brightstone, you have time for one downtime activity. So if you want to reach out to a contact, if you want to gather some materials, if you want to, I don't know, have a nap, you can do that before we kick off because Brightstone, once you get there, it's going to base. You're going straight into a heist, so. Uh, yeah, you see Crowley like almost go to salute that uh, sailor as he goes, but then remembers he doesn't have to do that anymore for turning and grabbing his coin. I will see you two then, I suppose, tomorrow. Or today, as it were. See you later on. Yes. Yeah, see you then. And I'll go get my coin. As I walk out, I just... I just look at the professor. Professor. And walk away. Ms. Riley. Blake will take his coin and leave the truck to... 
just have a, a just basically wander for a bit. Okay, are you looking for anything, or are you just walking to clear your head? Um, just processing what's been said for the most part, but also see if he, but he wonder if he should say, if he should try and look for anyone who can give him advice or anything, given that he's just been told to not do this to anybody. You never know who's going to be involved with the hive. Right. The professor goes for a walk to think about his life choices. Uh, after I stride confidently away in a very brisk military fashion, uh, I'd want to reach out to my contact, Belarus, to see if they, um, not to like tell them what I'm doing, but more to see if they know anything about, like, uh, if What's-His-Face is a real person, like, if Hoxley is actually who he says he is and all that kind of good stuff. They've, they, you know, they're a spy. They should know shit. Okay, uh, this is a fairly easy request, so you're talking to a friend, so I'm gonna argue this is probably, probably sway or consort, depending on how you want to swing it. Uh, well, I have no dots in either of those anyways, so, uh, it doesn't really matter. So, roll 2d6, take the lower option. That is a two and a three, so that's a dose. And that is a failure. So Blades in the Dark, one, two, and three is a failure. Four and five is a success with a complication, and a six is a complete success. We always take the highest, or lowest in this case, of the dice. So it means if I roll like five, if I roll three ones and a six, for the engagement roll later. We take the six, thankfully. Uh, Belarus isn't very helpful. Belarus is not answering my phone calls. No, you Bitch. you turn up to the card den where Belarus is right now. Because he's a gambler, is what he does. And he is so beyond sloshed that you can barely understand him. So you ask about Hoxley, and you ask about the broken spear. He's like, I drew a sailor's which wish I was smoking. And Hoxley's a good blood And you're just like, Belarus, every time, this is. I know we have a problem together, but you have got to get your shit together. Stop wasting all your money when you're wasted. Fuck you, I'm winning. He is actually yeah. winning. Yes, well, we all know how Lady Luck doesn't favor you for long. Though he does seem to have five aces, and you're not sure how. Valorous, Valorous, Valorous. Yeah. Matt's just offended everyone by saying my drunk guy sounded Cornish. Uh, it's, it's too coherent to be Cornish. <laughs> <laughs> No, and you didn't mention Tratter enough times. Tratter! <laughs> tratter, Tratter, Cornish pasty. They don't have tractors here, so I can't believe Lost me wellies on the highway. Where are me wellies? <laughs> uh, Riley and Marielle, was there anything you wanted to do? Uh, you don't have to, you can just go home. 
just trying to think. It's just if you wanted to go see a friend, or if you wanted to, um, get supplies or something. Yes, Matt, you have your hand up. Yes, um, whilst, um, Blake wandering around, can he go and just check out the area in Brightstone by the bridge, or can you check it out, or make sure there's... You can arrive a bit earlier and survey the area. I'll do that when it comes to that time, then. Um, I'm not going to do anything today, I think. It's fine. Don't have to. I just thought I'd give the option. Just get some sleep. What's because we've done a lot of talking. Well, I've done a lot of talking. <laughs> we've had one roll. This is how Blaze works. You don't really roll until you get into it. You going for a nap as well, Mario? Yeah. Nice nap and then turn up a little early if I can. Anyone turning up a little early who wants to kind of look around, give me either a survey or a study, depending on how you want to do this. Um, oh, so I have a um, point in survey, so how does that work for a roll? So, for however many dots you have in something, you roll a d6. Okay, so I one d6. Yeah. Zero dots, two d6, take the lower. That's a four. That's a five. <laughs> what are you rolling? I have two dots in survey. So, so are you doing survey or study, Riley? Uh, survey. Ariel? Uh, study. Okay. We'll give you slightly different details. Um, so if I've got two dots, do I take the higher result? You roll two dice and take whichever is the highest. Okay, okay the highest one is a six. Okay, crit. Nice. I'm not really Ooh. crit. Crit is if you get two sixes. Noted. Doesn't make much difference, you just feel better around your life. Are you turning up early, Crowley, or are you...? I mean, I might as well, I assume, as I would, so I roll a five. Okay. Because I have one dot in survey, so I'm doing survey. Okay, so I will do... I'll do Mario first. For the benefit of people at home, when you roll, there are there are twelve actions you can take when you do something in Blades of the Dark. They are split into three categories, depending on what they take. So you have insight, which is things to do with studying things, looking around. It's the equivalent of perception-based stuff. You're tracking someone, that's insight. So hunt, study, survey, and tinker goes into those. Prowess is for more violent things. More violent or I'm going to steal your wallets kind of things. So you have finesse, prowl, skirmish, and wreck. And then you have resolve, which is for more charisma-based things, or for the more spooky things. So you have a tune. Command, consort, and sweat. The, the difference between study and survey is details versus bigger picture. So studying, you look more at the details, while survey, you look at the bigger picture. So with your success with a complication, with study, 
you immediately latch on to where the where you think the warehouse is where you think the building is that the hive operate out of they have a lot of them around the place and there's a little bee on all of them the hive symbol is a bee they're not very original but you notice that it's a fairly well built building it looks relatively new for Asala's standards but you do you do almost walk into a pole <laughs> that's your complication you nearly get a head injury <laughs> if heaven's sakes who built a pole here Lost Mario yells at the sky. There. Riley and Crowley, you both got fives and surveyed. Four. Four or five. It's the same. Partial success. Oh, okay. Your, your focus, as the thief and as the ex-military, you're very much trying to be as aware of your surroundings as possible. In case something tries to jump out at you. So your focus is more on you're trying to see if the hive are aware that you're here more than anything you're kind of glancing around you see you see some blue coats wandering around nothing abnormal there you see you do hear the bells ringing to summon the spirit wardens so someone's clearly died nearby and they're going to collect the body you can see that there's a regular patrol of guards that they almost look like blue coats but not quite and you kind of spot you spot like the bee kind of hidden slightly and you're like okay that's their guard then your complication you do walk a bit far away <laughs> you're basically doing this as you're turning your head around so you end up like seven you end up about 200 meters on the bridge across bright across bright stone bridge before you realize you've gone too far <laughs> you're right next to each other as well and you're just like hey a minute oh hi oh damn hi lost in thought hmm. guess we should probably head back professor blake marshall has been here he's been here for about an hour already has kind of patrolled the area as best he can in this fancy suit. Tried not to get mugged several times, you know. You've noticed the warehouse. You've noticed the guards and the blue coats. But what catches your interest is, amusingly enough, sewer grate. That's slightly. Well, it looks like it was supposed to be rusted shut, but something's leave with it open fairly recently. And it's down the side of the bridge towards the warehouse. And I'm assuming you will kind of awkwardly meet on the bridge and wait for Hoxley. Has the bell started yet? As, Cro as Crowley and Riley turn around, the bell for midday goes. Marielle stops yelling at us at the post. It's thoroughly chagrined. Good afternoon to you, but to you all. 
are you still wearing the same ridiculous outfit you were wearing yesterday? <laughs> that wasn't in character, that was just me asking you. Oh, it's a ridiculous outfit, it's a smart suit. It's an academic suit. For an academic that's already been working there for a week. Yes, I'm still wearing the same suit, yes. A tricorn oh, yes. hat. I have taken the hat off, though. Sir. Pleasure. Why are you halfway across the bridge? Scouting. I did a similar thing when I got here. And a few things. I want it on the recording that as Matt does this, he's, he's having a lollipop at the same time. That is probably in character as well. <laughs> he's just there in his suit holding a lollipop. <laughs> oh, I, I, I haven't got a pipe. I half, I half wanted to pipe my character, but it worked better. Okay, he has a sugar addiction instead. We got his tobacco, so you just buy a lollipop. It's like. It's like those um, nicotine packages. I get up. Charming. Yeah. Oh, um, I see the lady has joined us. What did Poe do to you? What the post did to me is strictly between myself and the post, my dear professor. You do get a wry smile out of Crowley. The gets more biting every time. Oh, for the benefit of the tape, since I didn't say it earlier, Crowley's like in his mid-40s, maybe to almost later, so he's, he's not old, but he's not young either. You can definitely tell he's had some years on him. Yeah. Yeah, Blake's about, Blake's uh, maybe early to mid-30s, you'd say. So... While I was looking around earlier, Sugre over there kind of been forced open, it looks like. My father's warehouse. I've had to go down or nothing, but it's intriguing. It, it looks like it should have been busted shut years ago. Well, sir, maybe that will assist us if we. Need to make a quick exit. Can't hurt if it is a quote secret exit. Can't hurt to have one of those. You'll kind of hear a throat being cleared behind you, and Hoxley stood there with a very like a gaunt-looking man. He's very skinny and fairly frail. Like, he is olive skin toned, but it's very pale. And he looks like he's constantly shaking. His eyes are kind of twitching and he looks around in fear almost constantly. And then Crowley's like, You guys look kind of suspicious, I must admit. You ask four people who don't really know each other to meet together on a bridge we don't really have much to talk about yet. Good day to you, good sir. This is Karth. Karth Oris. Pleasure. 
we'll say Crowley. Crowley or whatever. Sea dog. Sea dog? <laughs> sea dizzle. <laughs> Bird boy. Sea dog? That's what my homies call me. You're immediately suspicious. Because with your military kind of background, you know Car as the leader of a mercenary gang. He is ruthless. He is insightful. He is confident. Which doesn't really match with the image of this gaunt, frail man in front of you. Uh, Crowley hasn't actually spoken at all. He just when uh, Hawksley cleared his throat behind, he turned and stood at attention. So he's just kind of looking this cough or who's pretending to be cough up and down. And so Hawksley, this is cough. Yes, he's part of the hive. He kind of looks you dead in the eye as if to say, fucking challenge me, I dare you. Being a military person and not a military person in charge, Crowley kind of fades at this. Like, he's not used to challenging authority in any sort of way. So Crowley just kind of stands there in attention, just kind of stares dead back before breaking eye contact and then just staring at Carl. Carl kind of looks back at you. With a surprising amount of steel. Like, ignoring the shaking and the paleness, his eyes are pretty fierce. Well, um, we come here to deal. I, I, somebody else. Ma'am, Marielle, that was your name. I, I believe this should be you. If you insist. Carl's kind of, his eyes kind of drift across to you. He kind of relaxes slightly. The shaking slows a bit when he meets your eyes. And he kind of, you kind of get, in the, he appraises you. Not in like a creepy way, in a, okay, this is potentially a formidable opponent kind of way. Ariella just smiles. <laughs> What 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 do you require, madam? Hox is just kind of vibrating with excitement. Means his cane kind of going. It's remarkably annoying. Calf, was it? Yes, ma'am. Well, you see, we are looking for something, and at our acquaintances suggestion we're hoping perhaps we can come to an agreement if you can help us you see we need a supply line to a certain product shall we call it his eyes kind of narrow Slightly. And looks, glances at Hoxley, and there's a flash of realization on his face. He's like, let me guess. Hoxley 
wants to set up a new Black Lotus ring. Oh. So I see we're already on the same page. The more he speaks, and the more he kind of goes back and forth with you, the more the shaking and the paleness stop. It was... It seems to have been a front more than anything. Like, Crowley, you're... The more you see it kind of fade, you see him get spined. You could say we're on the same page. I had a similar arrangement with the last group before, you know, they were brutally murdered. Well, there's a risk in everything, isn't there? I wouldn't be here if there wasn't. But, for the right cut, of course, could we rely on your assistance with this? What kind of cut are we talking I'd have to turn the entire. I'd have to do this off book. What would you be thinking? Thirty percent. I glance over quickly at the other three. <laughs> Just eyebrows raised. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do. Crowley wouldn't do that in character at all. But Chad is proud of you for making them argue against themselves because that's what you got to do in a good deal. Make motions, um, like. Try and really like to indicate a, a two and a five with hand. Blake does some weird puppetry. For heaven's sakes. I glance over at Riley. <laughs> but I drapes. Well, you see. How about how about twenty-five? And perhaps we can review this in time. After all, we are just starting out. Review this in time. You think I was born yesterday? No, not at all. 30% flat or make me a better offer. I'm putting myself in a lot of danger for you lot to make a lot of coin. Fine, 30% it is. He spits on his hand and holds it out to you. Mariella will shake it. Luckily, she's wearing gloves. <laughs> you spit. You kind of you look at it for a second, and you realize like there's a smoke curling around his hand. And oh, kind of, it curls up and goes to yours, and you feel like a sharp pain on your wrist, as a small tattoo of a black lotus flower appears on your wrist. He has applied a ghost contract, essentially, to you. It's an ability that some spiders have. That means that if you go against this deal, you will suffer great harm. It will fade when the deal is followed through, so when he receives the first cut of his payment. But it's basically a Keep your word or you'll fucking die. Yeah, out of character, I've got it on my sheet and that's fucking terrifying, just glancing it over. Yeah, you look at it and you're like, oh no. Glance at the others like, do you guys have anything to say? Or you're just not so much Crowley, but as the professor and Riley going to stand there picking their noses or? (laughs) I'm I'm the lurk and not the talker. I will say, um, it's a good deal. 
clearly this is going to be quite a worthwhile relationship. Blake will put his little back in his mouth. Another hit hand. It gives you a look of oh. Puff very much looks at Mariella to say, You're clearly the leader in this group and I pity you. <laughs> well, if you want to get this off the ground you're going to need two things. Some starting capital, obviously. And the list of supply routes, including which ones may or may not contain illegal substances. All the records for those are contained in that building over there. Amusingly, the vault is right next to it. If you succeed, and if you set up your business, I will... Hoxley will reach out to me. I'll find you for my cut. And of for course. any assistance you require. I expect I shall see you in due time, then. Good luck. Try it. If you get caught, don't use my name. Of course. He kind of strolls off so much more confident than when he kind of nervously approached you that you're like, hmm, we may have just been swindled. There are ups and downs to every situation. Especially when you're the only person running it. <laughs> you're going... You can either completely ignore this and try something else, but you're going to have to come up with it yourselves. <laughs> or you can break in and try and get to this vault where... The supply lines, information, and the money is kept. So, what's the penalty of just going in and killing everything? <laughs> this isn't D&D. <laughs> pew, pew! Let's cast fireball at the building. <laughs> Light it on fire. Uh, no, I mean... But you're trying not to get the hive's attention. Uh, well, Professor Boy over there, that sewer might be a smart option that could lead us into, could be our escape route, or it might lead us into said buildings in a more secret kind of way. It's certainly more likely to be one which won't attract much attention. But... Okay, this indicates that we are approaching the very first engagement rock. The way Blades in the Dark works is we're not going to go through an elaborate planning phase. We're not going to go through every single thing that happens. We are going to roll. Depending on what you get, you will be launched straight into it. At any point, you can call a flashback. So if there's... Say there's a guard there, you can say, Hey, I brought some sleeping... I brought some sleeping pills. I slipped them into his drink. That's fine, that would be an item of your load. I need to know how heavy are you going in? You can go light, which means, you know, you're not carrying anything obvious. You can go medium, you have like a backpack, but it's not overwhelmingly heavy. Or you can have like a hiker's rucksack with heavy, which has the most options, but you are also, you also stand out majorly. So have a look at your thing, decide how many slots you'd like, 
Do we all have to go in with the same, or can we all pick different? We can items? all be different. It I'm just gonna... means that when you call for an item, you might not have space for it. Um, the items on the thingy bit. Yes, those are ones that you have by default, which means that during the heist, you can just say, I have this. Okay. I'll get you to mark it off the list. Probably, yeah, medium, because otherwise you stand out too much, but then you might also not have enough things. <laughs> yeah, I'm going medium as well. I'm going um, inside. Where it says burg- burglary gear, would that come under the likes of lockpicks and stuff? Yes. Okay. It also counts it has... part of your load, but... Alright, just because it doesn't stay lockpicks on here, which is obviously part of the whole lurk thing. I'd assume burglary gear, burglary gear has lockpicks. Okay, so I have medium for Mariella, medium for Riley, light for Blake, and... Me? Yep. Oh, I said medium right away, I'm sorry. So, first things first, before I roll this, how are you planning to infiltrate? Any any engagement roll you have, you have six options to break in. To break in, to attack, to carry out the plan. You can do an assault, where you, you commit violence, really. You can have deception, in which you can manipulate someone into working by your side. You can use stealth. You can fiddle with the occult, if you want to use ghosts or whatever. You can do social, which is like infiltrating a party by getting an invite. Or you can do transportation, in which you maybe you're smuggling cargo or something like that. From the description of the sewer idea, I'm guessing stealth. And from that, I need the point of infiltration, which is the sewers. So. Hey, look at us already cooking with gas. It's almost like I gave you an easy start. What? Do that. Okay, the engagement roll. The way the engagement roll works is you get 1d6 for luck. So you get this by default. Then depending on the scenario, you can get additional dice. So, is this operation particularly bold or daring? I'd say so. You are breaking into a warehouse to start up a drug smuggling operation. <laughs> we are breaking into said warehouse to work for said organization semi in a sort of way <laughs> to sell a... said drugs. Yeah, you're trying to work on the table. So, does the plan expose the vulnerability of Pitman where they're weakest? No. It's not where they're strongest, so you're not going to lose the dice. Hive doesn't have a central HQ. They work out of loads of warehouses. It's a fairly standard warehouse. It's not like it's crumbling or anything. Can any of your friends or contacts provide aid or insight for this operation? I'd argue Arthur's already done that. I don't know why I'm arguing. I'm, I'm giving you more dice. elements you want to consider. No. So, you get three dice. I will roll these. Whichever one is the highest will affect 
it's a fortune roll more than anything. You get a six, you're in, you pass the first obstacle. Four or five. For example, you found a window, but you need to unlock it. One, two, or three. You walk straight into a patrol of cards. Let's see. Twice that is a five. So, partial success. The others were a two and a three, so. Half expecting three <laughs> yep. Sewers are fine. Get in. No problem. We jump back. Straight back into the action. As you're poking your head out of the sewer grate that's inside the building. However, as you're... Co- so you're through, you're in, and you can see you're inside the building. And you can see what looks like a staircase going up to private offices, really. You know those warehouses where there's loads of stuff on the bottom floor, but then the top floor's all like office space? Yep. You think the vault would be up there. There are two guards standing on high alert. Well, not really high alert, on, like, alert. Blocking the staircase. You're not detected right now, so... And you can get out of this sewer grate and behind a bunch of boxes. Fairly easily. But how do you wish to proceed? Hmm. I, well, I would like to try and get out of the grate and hide behind these said boxes because as a scout hound, I get a, a extra die plus one die to any uh, camel rolls to avoid detection. I guess so you can all get out for free, but if you want to kind of move to another set of boxes to get a better view on the situation, yeah, I would like to, yeah, move to like as close as I can be to them without being caught, and also try and see like up these stairs and get like just a general better idea. So there's another set of boxes kind of in the alcove of the staircase. You can right. try and get to those. So I have two dots in prowl and. Then, with my scout features, do I get a third die as well? When you hide in a prepared position or use camo, you get plus one die, two rolls to avoid detection. Or use camo. So I would assume the boxes are a kind of camo, you know. I'm hiding myself behind said boxes. Sure, I'll give it to you. <laughs> 3d6. Yeah. Uh, well, thank God that, that I got that third one, because that is two twos and a six. So take the six. Ignore the twos. Boot, boot. Whew. So, you all kind of watch as Crowley's been fairly straight-backed, sensible military thus far. You kind of just... Crouches. You kind of, Riley. You have a ton of, you have a ton of respect for this as a thief. You're like, yes, this is good. And it just kind of slinks across like a predator. You're mildly concerned that if he had a sniper rifle, you'd probably be dead. <laughs> he gets to the boxes on the other side. And kind of peering over slightly, you are. The guards are about seven feet in front of you. You're looking at the back of the left one shoulder. You're kind of peering. 
and you can see they're both armed. They both are wearing the same kind of sh smart, smart parade style jacket. You can see the glint of a blade at their side. And some kind of... You think it's a standard pistol. They both are kind of fidgeting slightly. You can make out a slight conversation that's mostly about the fact that they're bored. <laughs> but you can't... Looking up, you don't see... You see like some movement inside the offices. You don't see any guards on patrol on the top floor. So it seems like the route up is guarded, but once you're up, you're up. Well, then. So, if I want to say I have an item, uh, do I have a flashback, or can I just say I have an item? What is the item? Uh, like, I just want, like, a smoke bomb. A little smoke bomb. Like, not a loud one, just something. Okay. Uh, we're gonna call it a flashback that during your... During your downtime earlier, when you went to, like, you gave you buckle. You stop... You stop by wherever you're living right now. And... Picked up... You picked up the ingredient and kind of slammed together swipe one. Do you have any docks and fingertips? Nope. Okay, roll me a tinker roll. We'll see how well this came out. Oh yeah. Heart of the die. Heart of the die. Let's go! Three and a two. So, okay. dose. Not a one. Not a one, but still not great. You take one stress from that flashback. Because if you get up to nine stress, you're traumatized, so... Try not to be traumatized. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little more of that. What, like seven slugs of gunpowder, right? That's what you need for Yeah, that's Yep, that's canon now. Are you going to throw... So mark one thing off your load. Smoke bomb. I'll put that in uh, air quotes. Smoke bomb. Smoke. Are you throwing this smoke bomb? Uh, yes, but I'm not going to throw it. I'm going to do the great military, and by military I mean movie style, where I just roll it towards them so that they first hear it like tinking towards them before it goes off. Okay, I'm gonna roll a fortune roll to see how your smoke bomb does. Come on, heart of the die. That is a four, so it partly works, but because you got a because you got a two, it partly working is fairly shite. It rolls towards them, and they both kind of turn, hands on their weapons, and then it gets there and just kind of goes. But instead of like a whole envelop of smoke. It's just kind of up to their knees. <laughs> and they're both kind of like, uh? While they're looking at it, I want to pop out and I want to slam their heads together and knock them unconscious. Okay. I would argue that is a 
It's either a skirmish or a wreck roll. Hey, guess what Chad doesn't have dots in either of? <laughs> the rest of you can injure me at any point. Yeah, while this is while they seem distracted by the flashback you know, or whatever. I just look at this something. Fuck's sake. I will get I will get a bit closer though, like go over to some closer boxes. I'll give you that because this is happening. What do you wanna what do you wanna think I check out on those dice? Get a one. Uh, uh, one of them was a six, but the other one was a one. And we take the lower. And we take the lower. CPK time. Early military man, everybody. <laughs> this is all in my trading. In my younger days, I would have handled this much better. <laughs> sure. Say Mario's watching this on her little makeup mirror now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. I, I just have to say, I have two points in Tinker. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Except, no. No, you will... You will watch as Crowley jumps out. Like, they're staring at their knees because, you know, this weird cloud of smoke is jumps out, kicks. You manage to kick the smoke bomb kind of away from them. Aha! <laughs> yeah, you literally get there, but you're a few feet too short to smash their heads together, so you just kind of clap. And you're just like, ha ha! Good, excellent. I am... Um, you two are fine examples of... <laughs> The guard folk who are working here. I am quite proud of your both intelligence and ability to not be distracted by our simple test. That's gonna be a sway roll. Hey, you know. I'm saying you're in a risky position, so even if you do really well, it's still not gonna be an instant fix. So four and a five, so with no dots, that's a four. What do you have dots in? Some stuff. That's a four, okay. One of them is like, oh, we did well, that's nice. Normally we fail these training jokes, and then the boss gets angry. And the other one's like, who are you with? Can we see what's happening? But Dan, down. Yes. Okay, you, cool, cool. you can all see this and hear this. Okay, can I close my eyes and just and do something with my special ability? I want to compel. Compel them. No, I want to compel. I want to compel. Um, I want to attune to the ghost field and force a nearby ghost to a bear command. I give it. First, okay, I have two dots in a tune. Because you're not seeing your in the fairly control position. I can't see, so this time. I won the six. six, yes, I'll take, take the six. Six, thankfully. Yes, this that's why how you, you have do it, chat. Things, guys. This is why I have dots in things. <laughs> I got dots in things. <laughs> not me, Okay, so. Like, you essentially, you kind of close your eyes and you focus. And when you open your eyes again, everything's 
paler. That's how the ghost field appears to you. Everything is slightly awash in white. And you see there's about five ghosts here. There's ghosts everywhere in the Salas, but there are five here and you kind of fix on two that have fairly strong presences. And one of them, one of them is kind of, he seems to have died in some kind of accident. He's very much lying on the floor near some of the crates nearby. Clearly, it looks like the crates collapsed on him and broke his ribcage. And he died underneath. And the other one's kind of, is a child. Sat on the balcony. Like at the top of the stairs with their legs swinging off the edge. It's a little girl. Just sat there with her legs swinging with kind of... She has like plague sores on her cheek. Oh dear. So she's she's probably been here a long time because the plague was about 60 years ago now. Yeah. Because you got a six, I'm saying you have two ghosts to pick from, really. The other three are not mm. strong enough. Fair enough. Uh, I will take... See, the sensible choice you'd think would be the one would be the adult, but for creepy effects, which is what I want to go for anyway, I'm going for the child. Going for the child. So, what does your ability do? My ability? Um, once I choose a ghost field, I can force a nearby ghost to appear and obey a command I give it. Um, I am not terrified by a ghost I summon or compel, but my allies may be. So you have, because you got the six on the attune, you are, you basically lock eyes with this little girl. She kind of, she sees you and cocks her head and then kind of slips off the balcony and just kind of floats down. She briefly phases through the floor because she forgets that she's not corporeal. <laughs> she's kind of ripped. And she comes over to you and she's like, Hello. Hello, young one. You can see me. I can see you. I like I'm... your tie. Thank you, um, thank you. Uh, My <clears throat> daddy used to wear one like that. Then mummy strangled him with it. I didn't like it after that. <clears throat> Noted. <laughs> um, <laughs> Blake slightly loosens his tie. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your name, child? I'm Ashley. Beautiful name. Beautiful name. My mum picked it. Can I ask a big, big favour from you, please? Sure. You see up there, you see those two men? The two guardy ones. Yeah, the two guardy ones. Could you do me a small favour regarding them? You want me to play a prank on them? Yes, exactly that. I exactly. Like Can you please scare the bejesus out of them? So they run. The In... The child is like six. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Um, give them a good fright. Make them run away. Make them make them wet their pants, basically. So if you could do that, because they've done something really bad. And we need to we need to get them out of here 
So the euphoria can deal with them outside. Did they eat the last of their cake? Exactly. They, not only that, it was your mum's cake. Oh, <gasps> not mummy's cake. Exactly. Can the others actually hear me having a conversation? Or is this all in my head? It's not in your head. It's more... It's not even muttering. It's just kind of... You're essentially whispering in a tongue they don't understand. Literally a whisper, yeah. Literally a whisper, yeah. I'm not next to you. No, yeah. no, no. no. <laughs> I'm thinking more about Riley and, and Marielle. Yeah, Riley and Marielle essentially watch... Mildly horrified as a small child with plague sores descends from the sky <laughs> has some sort of conversation with Blake who you thought was like some dumbass academic and then skips off happily towards where Crowley is trying to come up with an explanation that won't get him skewered uh. I'm gonna say... I had to go for a child, I'm so sorry. Uh... Crowley, can you give me... Oh god. I about that. Resistance roll. Oh, which one? one? Resistance. So, I need you to make me a resistance roll in Resolve. Because right. otherwise you're going to get terrified with them. They would uh... be level one harm because you essentially lose your fucking mind. And for that, what do I do? So roll a. So how many how many dots do you have in resolve? Uh, I have one dot in resolve overall. Okay, so roll one d six. Ah. That is a three. I'm a five roll. Okay, so. Basically, what this little girl does is she phases through the three of you. And you feel it. It is ice cold. And kind of freezes you all in place. And because you kind of... You twitch slightly, and the guards both brick it and start to run. They completely fucked their resolve rolls. So you take... You take three more stress, I'm afraid. That's what resisting is. When I give you a consequence, you can choose to resist it, and it will reduce what happens to you. So say you get stabbed, instead of a deep wound, you might have a shallow wound. Or if someone if someone breaks your arm, it might just be a sprain. So in this case, you're taking the three stress and level one harm Ghost Warp. We'll just call it Ghost Warp. Or Ghost Touched, or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to say Ghost Touched, because it sounds creepier. It does. But these two guards have... They completely fucked theirs. They both got ones. They both turn and book it for the outside. One of them muttering some sort of prayer under his breath. And the other one holding the back of his trousers in a suspicious manner. <laughs> so I'm not even sorry. <laughs> the staircase is free, everyone is traumatized, and this small girl goes skipping up the stairs, whistling to herself in joy. 
and Crowley's left stood there with frozen like muscles that feel like he's been out in the cold for hours and a slightly fizzing smoke mouth. I I walk up to him, give him just a quick Crowley, just a quick slap on the cheek. Come on, back to it, get with it. Right. Uh, right, right. <sighs> Did you see that little girl? Yeah, apparently look, apparently the professor can speak to ghosts. Would be nice to know. Charming, once again. Absolutely charming. Well, the way is clear now. I peek my head round the side and just take a look. With you can make out kind of three separate office rooms. There is movement going on behind each of the doors. You can see kind of shadows playing. But one of them seems to be You're assuming at least two of them are offices and one of them is a storage room. Uh can I make like uh a hunt roll, see if I can hunt down where this vault would be. I'm gonna say no, because that's for targets. I know, but I was really hoping to stretch that one. You were really hoping I wasn't paying attention. I, I knew you were paying attention. You can survey, you can study. Make a survey roll. So that's survey is one d six when you've only got one point in. One dot equals one d six. That's a six. First six. I have three again. I did the same thing. Riley kind of takes the lead, and being you know the thief, going into thief territory is always going to work in her favor. She kind of crouches and examines each of the rooms. And as far as you can tell, kind of, the, there are three doors. There's one straight ahead of you as you go up the stairs, one to the right, one to the left. The one to the right, you can see what looks like grooves bit that have been kind of scraped into the floor, as if people have been dragging heavy crates and things along it. You could insinuate that's probably the storage room, considering how much wear and tear there is on the flooring. You know the two rooms left of the offices. But you're thinking, as a thief, your brain kind of goes, you wouldn't put the study, not the study, the vault, directly in front of the staircase. That's kind of dumb. And as far as you can tell from where like the wall partitions are, the office dead ahead of you looks too small to contain a vault as well. So your best bet is on the left. Have we ever to approach it, or are they still? Because <laughs> Mariel's still standing behind a box with a mirror. Like, when did I go wrong? Oh no, sorry. I'm. I'll go and join the others. They saw like breaking out of his trance, having me just watched the, the girl dancing away. <laughs> Made a child ghost very happy. <laughs> and they will follow and will take up the rear. But... Okay, I re I relay that information to three of them. With that, I would then 
like to try and sneak my way up to the door, see if I can open up what Riley says is the door to said bolt. How? See, I got two dots in this. Yeah, one in the one I rolled off. No, but I just rolled threes. I rolled two threes. Wow, okay. You get to the door, but you you immediately realize it's locked. And you also stand on every creaky floorboard. Oops. You watch him like stealth across and it's like Oop, there's another one. Sorry, sorry. How could there be another one? Right there. Alright, alright. This is getting ridiculous. Okay. Alright. The fucking door's locked. Awesome. Great. Wonderful. Does it look like anyone notices that display? Because if not, then I'll make my way up. Okay, I'll make my way up then. Yes, that is going to be my intention. So, I need you to tick off your burglary tools from your load. Okay, so I'll just rub that out because I've used them then. I'm assuming burglary tools only take one load. Yeah. That's fine. So, then give me. I guess it's Tinker. I have two points of tinker, so 2d6. 2d6. Pick this lock. And you pick the higher option. Yes, I do. Then I rolled a 2 and a 6, so that's a 6. Take the 6. You basically kind of caress the door and it opens. I, I look over to Sergeant Boy. That's how it's done. Just see you next time. Riley just stealths across and then, like, delicately fiddles with the lock and it glides open and you're like fucking creepy floorboards. Respect your elders, child. No. But let the burglars do the job. And I'll go in the room before someone decides to just step out while we're having a conversation on the main hallway. Actually, I, I, I might post up here at the door for at least the time being to watch for any situations that might arise. I can pull up the blind. Okay, I'll do that. You know, we should probably specify, like, make sure the door is shut behind us. Not, don't just like slam it. Just like gently shut it. it doesn't make the door too much. Generally shut, and Crowley is peering through. Like some sort of person waiting for the Amazon man. I've also drawn one of my pistols. Like just in preparation. Oh no. Hey, we already almost got fucked up, and by we I mean I, by the you guards previously. So Crowley is done how you say fucking around if the situation goes to shit. In this room, there is a desk painting some sort of mechanism. It looks like a really fancy thermostat, essentially. And some chairs, some... There's like a... It's like a whiskey bar more than anything. <laughs> a 
There could be other alcohols there, there's not. It's just whiskey. Thankfully the room is empty and it is dark and it's actually remarkably dusty. No one's really been in here in a while. There might be much beer in here. I'll check the table and a few other bits in here. See if all I can find. Anyone who wishes to examine the room more closely, give me a study roll, please. I will soon. I get over one dot in study, so. It's fine. Zero dots means 2d6 take the lowest, doesn't it? Yep, two dots means disadvantage. Five. Shit. One. Okay. One. You You basically walk and you look at the desk. And you see, like, all these bits of paper with, like, trade routes drawn on them. And you're kind of staring at them, going, Okay, that's not what I need. That's. That's timber. That's valuable metals. That's luxury items. And then you knock a tanker full of whiskey over at them. Meanwhile, the professor's eye is drawn to the weird mechanism on the wall that looks a bit like a thermostat. To you, Professor, this looks like a spirit lock. I say it out loud. This is a spirit lock. Well, say it looks like a rudimentary one. Um, would the others know what that mode is or not? The others would know spirit locks are you essentially bind a spirit to an entranceway or a safe or whatever and in order to access said safe you need to speak a specific phrase to the ghost trapped within if you say the wrong phrase phrase then the ghost will tear you to shreds okay so i think this is the way into the vault Basically, we need to communicate with the spirit within, which I can do, but I need to know the right words to say to the spirit. Otherwise, it will kill me. Oh, fantastic. Well, you can know how to get in. Now you need to find the right wording. A lock that kills you. Fantastic. You have yes. come across spirit locks before, mainly from old thieving partners who found one, didn't lock it, unlock it properly, and got murdered. That's why Riley doesn't tend to fuck with those. <laughs> exactly. So, all the papers that I knocked the whiskey over there, done so. It's, it's, thankfully, all the papers just seem to be trade routes. But it is a massive indicator that you were here. Have I seen any movement out in the hallway or coming from the other two rooms? Thus far, no. You have a feeling everyone in the other rooms is in some sort of meeting. Because they haven't noticed that the two guards at the bottom are gone. Which is not too surprising. They were clearly doing a shit job. I don't know how much time we have the uninhibited in our searching. Does anyone have any idea of how to get this phrase? 
tends to be people who really need to remember passwords tend to have it written down somewhere nearby. <laughs> Don't do that, kids. That's bad password security. I think it's probably a good idea if you look around and see if there's any phrases or words which are obviously out of place. Right. Well, let's sweep this room. Then we have to work out maybe try and access the other rooms. Can I use a survey check for that or? Survey or study, whichever one you prefer. I would do survey. Five. Survey, my highest is a four. Uh, that is a survey, and that is a six. Hey, not a three! <laughs> not Chad's, a three! Chad's dice turned up at last! Do you want to study your survey, Mario? Sorry, I wasn't where I could. You can do anything you want. Only a one. You think the painting is really pretty. I do not like this painting. <laughs> <laughs> You That's stare at it and you're like, hmm. This painting has done a great offence to my family. <laughs> Mario continues her hobby of barraging inanimate objects with insults. I, lo I love that as a concept. Uh, Riley and Blake, you you both kind of lock on to the, um, the bookcase. It's on the wall. You all kind of, you there are a lot of books on it. And you kinda of go, okay, if I was a password, maybe I'd be in here. Crowley, you lock on to the same bookcase, but you lock on to one book in particular. It's it's literally just the map of Crow's book. The map of the entire of Asalus. It's Uh, from my position at the door, because I'm not, I'm not leaving my position, and I'll point out, uh, Professor, I, I believe the book you are looking for, and I'll point towards the map. It's a book of maps, essentially. It's a book with like several, like very, very nice hand-drawn maps of different areas within and outside of the Salus. That looks to be the only book that has moved in a very long time from this bookshelf. It's the only one not covered in dust. I believe what we are looking for will be in there. How big the book? There's about 280 pages. Is there any of these, is there any word in this book, though? I could one, if I talk to this ghost, I could one shot at it. One out of I can't go through 280 pages and hope that one word at random is going to be right. You can nail it down. Realistically, we need to get in the other rooms. Can I see the book? Crowley takes the book from Blake. Because Blake is clearly not doing anything. Uh, I would like to open up the book and I would like to look inside both the front and the back cover. Because in general, if you're going to write something in a book, that's where you're going to write it. There is nothing on the front or the back cover. Um, let's see. Is there? So this is a book of maps, right? Yep. And at the top of every page is like the title of which area the map is. 
can I look to see is there a map of this area? Like in an index? Yeah, there's an index and there's a map of this area. Can I look at that map? Yeah, it's just a map of Brightstone. It's got the bridge, a bunch of houses, a bunch of markets, the warehouses by the river. Nothing specifically over like the area that we would be in currently. Yep. All right, and then I'd like to check. I'd like to check the index. Just make sure nothing else has been added to the index. The index is as you would expect from the book of maps. All right, last shot in the dark. Before I, I have to go through two hundred and eighty pages while everyone else figures something else out. Is let's see. Like just holding the book like closed. Can I see anything on the outside, like written on the outside of the book or anything? No. Until... All right. Mario, your friend is an architect, isn't she? Uh, yeah. You can always, in all the time you've known her, she always has a stack of books and drawings and things everywhere. But. When she wants to find something she's looking for and something that it tends to be what she's been looking at the most frequently she has a particular method it's not very elegant but it works if you take one stress i will tell you what it is because i forget it's a common thing that i do but um okay what what do i do to that so you have a little marker on your sheet that says stress i see him so you fill in one of those. Okay. Eventually when you get to a you can once you get to nine stress, then you're traumatized, so you have to manage it as time goes on. Like Crowley will definitely need to de-stress later. <laughs> Pretty positive I figured out what it was, but we will see. Dies aren't even cast. Your friend used to just drop the book on the floor. And the most thumbed page tends to hold the most... The book is used to being in that position, such that it will naturally spring to that page. I'm trying to think how to phrase that now. <laughs> Marielle just walks up and drops the book on the floor. Marielle just walks up and slaps the book out of my hand. Okay, I'll do it that way then. Oh my god, yes, that's canon. <laughs> Marielle walks up and is like, just kind of gives you a, a look of derision and then just slaps the book. Okay, ma'am. I'm sorry. The book is open on a map of the Dagger Isles. For anyone with any knowledge of the Hive, you will know that its leader was originally from the Dagger Isles. <laughs> and that the Hive has maintained a good relationship with them in its entire history. Would I know that? It'd be obvious once you see it. Okay. Because the hive is fairly well known. Uh, why they're doing that, because it's been on my mind for a bit, uh, the table that has the bottle of whiskey on in the sheets of paper, um, looking underneath the table at the table legs, are there like nuts and bolts holding the legs onto the table? Or is it built differently? Bolted to the floor. Like, how are the legs attached to the top of the table, basically? 
they're connected with wooden dowels. Because mm. I was thinking, try and cover my tracks a little bit. I wanted to try and tinker with the leg to make it a bit wobbly. You can roll, so it, roll could... for it. Yeah. With my two points in tinker. That's another six. Three and a six. So that's a six. Do you have a blade on you? Uh, yes I do. Mark a small blade off on your load. And we'll say you essentially kind of shave down the bottom of one of the legs, but only okay. on one of the sides. So anytime it kind of tips over to there, the table shakes. Yeah, so now it looks more like the table's just wobbled over the weight of the whiskey, rather than someone's knocked the whiskey. Blake, are you going to open this lock? I am going to try my best to do so, yes. I need an attune roll. Attune? Six and a five. So you take the six. Take the six. Nice. So basically, you just stare at this lock and kind of the... It's not even a full body, it's just a head. It's just a head of a bald old man. He kind of rises from it. Where am I? Good afternoon. Where am I? Where you're you're you are in Dusk Bowl. Right, you're Dusk Bowl. There. Oh god. It's habit of saying Dusk Bowl. Matthew. Matthew. You remember the purpose of this thing? Yes. It was a lock that you needed to give the passcode to, and we figured out. I didn't know. I didn't. I thought I was going to be forward. Actually, ask the actual question. Sorry. Its only purpose is to ask the question. Okay. Or it'll okay. rip you to shreds. Okay. Five minutes Yes. I'm gonna say it gives you the warning. However, that said warning. You take level one harm. Okay. In fact, that is fair. We're gonna call it ghost bite. Because it's just a head. It basically tears a chunk out of your shoulder. <laughs> Where am I? The dagger aisles. Thank you. And the head kinda of goes. <laughs> and the mechanism kinda of twirls of its own volition. And a door slides. And you can see, it's just like a back room, really. But there is a pile of coin on the left shelf, and tons of document. And, you know, some blood on the floor now. Well, the table thing's a bit pointless. Blake will, uh, will mop up his blood as best he can. With he, what? He'll use his tie. Okay. <laughs> This tie wasn't red before, it's red now! <laughs> the the documents in the vault are separated by category, so it's fairly easy to find illegal substances. There's like a separate drawer that says DRUGS in capital letters. You know, in case it wasn't obvious enough. I'm kind of flicking through, you can find Black Lotus fairly easily because the folder itself is remarkably thick. Kind of leafing it open, there is a detailed product list of every variant of Black Lotus that comes in and out of Asalus. 
So if you want the stronger type, there's a shipment that does that, but it's in smaller supply. If you want the weaker stuff, there are about 12 different shipments that come through. It has the exact, the exact, all the names of the captains, the ships, the, the hawkers really, and of the various gangs that sell it. So, you know, you're in the money. And there is also a, also a pile of gold, or a pile of coin on the side. You all have one coin each, and there is six coin. Hmm. Oh yeah, well, I, have a, I have a question. Go ahead. Would it be wise, do you feel, if there's six coin here, us take one coin each, and then we give one coin each to the two that helped us? And see that being a wise solution. I think that would work quite well. Um, you're the one that's been doing the corresponding with them, obviously. So I think it would be... I think if you think that's a good idea, we'll go with that idea. I mean, it can only be good if they get extra extra coin out of it. Unless they're the type who take it as an insult. That is true, I suppose. Are you taking all the coin? Are you taking some of the coin? And I assume you're taking the folder. Blake will take the folder. Yes. Blake has the folder. Are you? How much of the six coin are you taking? You're taking all of it. Taking some of it. If we take all of it, it's super obvious that somebody's been in there. Mm. But if oh, we do but... take all of it, everybody gets a coin, including the two that help us. Okay. Me. So, so, so there's six coin in there. No, you cannot have more than one. I wasn't going to say that. Actually, what I was going to suggest is take two coins and give them to the people who gave us a job. Like, a show of good faith that we're good for it. And then they will be get more out of it than they realise. Means we'll need to use our own coin for the starting capital then. It's true, but look at the money we'll be making. Look at the coin we'll be making when we get there. Okay, we'll do it your way. Or could work, Professor? It could work for sure. With this, this documentation we've got here in the folder, we could potentially turn quite a tidy profit. You'll need work, of course. You could turn a decent profit, especially considering you've only offered 30% of the cut to the car. Which means right now, if you gave him one coin, he would technically be in your debt. Smart. I'm not just because I'm a rogue doesn't mean I'm a reed. I'm, I'm basically a rogue. Oracle soon. Where is the <laughs> where is the mute button? I'm an investor. <laughs> I am the dragon's den. If we're taking two coin, that's the end of it. Yes. Plan is to give it to the um two people who set up the job. One to um the guy who we're trying to impress and who's getting 30% in the other one to Maisie so we can basically show that well, basically impress them more, make her more encouraged to work with us Nice The only question that leaves is how are you leaving the place? Like, what are you shutting doors, are you locking things etc, and how are you getting out of the building? 
Hmm. Fantastic question. Well, I'd Can say I... we should probably go on. Same way we came in. Can I reset the spirit lock? You can try. Okay, I will try to reset the spirit lock as we leave the room. Okay. If I'm honest, resetting the spirit lock is just shutting the door. Okay. Please do not piss off the spirit again. <laughs> I was. I need to do that now. So, once everyone is clear, I will close the door, and if it clicks shut, resetting the lock. Fine. There is still no one outside the window, as far as you can tell. The longest meeting anyone has ever had in the existence of any meetings. It's almost like they weren't expecting people to break in. Because who would break into the fucking hive? What I might do, like, before we leave, is, like, ever so slightly tamper with the lock to this storage room. So not make it look like it's actually been sabotaged, but make it look like they're just maybe... When they come over here to get, walk in, maybe like it's um trying to trying to think of the wording. What like the lock stick? You, yeah, you know, like when you want when you put in the key and like a, it's slightly rusty, so it just doesn't. When you put in the key, it just doesn't quite connect properly, and okay. the door doesn't open. You've got to take it back home. Uh, put it back in. Tinker roll. Get two points in my tinker. Fuck. Uh, four is my highest. Okay. Uh, you do, like, rig the lock, essentially, so it's stiff and kind of unruly. You do, however, leave a bit of your lockpick in it, because it snaps. I've got to leave it there at that point, and I'll sneak my way out to join the others. I assume we're exiting via the sewers. Yes. Do yeah. we leave any other signs down in the basement area? And the two witnesses. Well, those guys are going to seem crazy. They saw a child ghost and one of them pooped their pants. I feel like they're going to keep <laughs> that story to themselves. i say I'd call the end of the heist there. You successfully get out. You successfully kind of emerge from the sewers, smelling so much worse than you did earlier. It's all in your clothes. No one's happy. Disgusting. But you are you are met by Hoxley, who encourages you to follow him, and thus proceeds an awkward thirty-minute walk from Brightstone to Crowsfoot, in which it's it's up north in Crowsfoot. You can kind of just make out where the crossing towards the docks is. But you come across a abandoned, slightly, you're pretty sure if it could, it would still be smoking, ruin of a Sparkcraft workshop. The front room is quite exploded. <laughs> but the back room and the adjoining warehouse are in fairly good nick. And he kind of gestures at it. This was property of a friend of mine. Obviously, his experiment didn't go quite to plan. He's alive. Don't worry about that. He's, he's alive. He's just, you know, missing an arm and a leg and a kidney. <laughs> Don't mess with dangerous chemicals, okay? 
Noted. Everyone looks at Crowley. <laughs> I would never. You're far enough away from the red slashes here that they shouldn't give you any problems. If you don't draw too much attention to yourselves, the lamp lags should leave you be as well. And, you know, once you set up a... I'd recommend setting up the vice den in the kind of warehousey bit next door. It's basically like a giant conservatory. Really. But with, like, dark-tinted windows. So you don't see what's going on in there. We could even renovate the front of this and turn it into a front. It'll take a bit of startup, and it'll take... It'll take time, obviously, but... Back room is, is, it's like a basic boiler, so as long as you get the fire going, you won't freeze to death. Very good. This I'd should recommend... work out well. Yes. I mean, you're all welcome to come in and out as you wish. You may want to change the locks. Or, you know, add locks. Looks at the slightly smoking remain of the front part. <laughs> but... I need to go back to my crew. Otherwise they're going to question things, but I'll swing by when I can. To offer assistance and things. First things first is some of you will want to go and set up a supply route. Two of you will want to go talk to one of the supply routes, kind of set it up. At another point, some of you may want to grease some of the local authority just to kind of encourage them to look the other way. And you may want to parlay, or at least become acquaintances with the Lamplags, the Red Sashes, and the Crows. Because they are your neighbours now. Could I be in touch neighbor. once you have things set up? I have... I have a plan, but I need to wait for you lot to get set up before I can go through with it. Fish. Come on, day. Sir? He kind of hands you... He kind of leans his cane against the remains of the door and just strolls off. I guess that means that we're in business, then. You are now in business, and I will call the session there. I'm very much going to call solo heists at random. Well, not solo, but pair heists. At random, so you might be in two in a row, and then you might not be in one for a while. Just so we can get a mix of pairings. And also, obviously, if there's one to do with tracking a target, I'm more likely to bring the Hound. Because it's more their specialty. If it's one to do with ghosts, bring the Whisper. If it's one to do with marionetting people and making them do what you want, I'd bring the Spider, and so on. But, you know, this is Blades in the Dark. This is spooky crime time. Maybe that's what it should be called, Spooky Crime Time. <laughs> it's like the weirdest radio show ever. Spooky Crime Time! <laughs> Featuring Weird Yo. Plague Child. <laughs> and Sea Dog. And Sea Dog, as my, as my mates call me. And Professor! <laughs> I don't know. Insert outro here later, Caitlin. Hope people enjoyed. Get out of my house. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dyson Suffering. If you enjoyed it, check out everyone involved in the description and find the rest of the episodes on all podcasting platforms or at themindgame.org. And may your dice rolls go well, though we all know they won't. <laughs>